Getting hitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. I have lots of special guests on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, but this one, this person is particularly special. How lucky am I? I'm joined by my mother-in-law, Veronica. Welcome to the show. Thank you, dear. I'm glad that you say you're so lucky. Hey, I know the mother-in-law code. Yes. No, we don't have any of the mother-in-law jokes in our family. Do we? Definitely not. Of course not. Look at that pause. No, we don't because you're gorgeous. And you're opinionated and you're ballsy and that's why I love you. Thanks. (laughs) What do I say to that? (laughs) Just own it, girlfriend. Own it. The show, the podcast, right? If you are new to the podcast and you're listening, I have on Monday a themed episode, which is what this is today. And on Thursday, I do a Q&A episode where I answer your questions. But I'm combining the two today because I think Veronica has some good thoughts on many topics. And I thought that you might be able to help some of my listeners. And I feel like if this is a success, which I feel like it's going to be, when uh, we return for our holidays to Australia, I feel like you might be co-hosting another couple of episodes. We'll look forward to that. If you have a specific mother-in-law question or mother, I would like to present them to V because I think you've got a good head on your shoulders about all this stuff. I'm at the age where I've got more experience behind me than experience to be experienced in front of me. I like that. She's got opinions and she's not afraid to share them. What do you think about all the mother-in-law stuff, just quietly? Well, all these mother-in-law jokes, I know that the men seem to you know, laugh more than the women. I don't think it's unfair. Um, I never had a mother-in-law because my husband's mother and father had long died beforehand. So I never had a mother-in-law. If I did, she would have been quite formidable from what I hear. And she could have made my life difficult. Mm. But my mother was a very good mother-in-law to my husband. Yeah, they seemed like they really got along well. They did. She thought the world of him. She thought more of him than me. Oh, come on. (laughs) So I, I don't know. I think it's... Unfair. It's like stepmothers. Stepmothers have got a bad reputation, mainly, I suppose, from which one is it? Cinderella. Cinderella, yes. I mean, some are good and some are not so good. True. No, I don't like mother-in-law jokes. I mean, I think it's hard because I get a lot of emails from people saying, I'm from usually from the bride's perspective, saying, well, I've got quite an opinionated mum and mother-in-law's come in and she's got opinions and I'm trying to keep everyone happy. It's very difficult. It is very difficult. You have to be very diplomatic and Lots of us don't have that skill. There are various ways of dealing with all that. You can either say, look, this is my day. This is what we're going to be doing. And the big problem, of course, is in split families. Mm, Very hard. And you've got fathers and mothers and remarried and divorced and he won't come if she's there and and she's not going to turn up if he's there with his new one. And That must be horrendous. That must be terrible. I get so many emails about that and it's very hard to give advice when you don't know the specifics. But I also think, like I've said in a recent episode, it's just about trying to all just stay together for one day and be adult and act not like douchebags. It's like Christmas Day. It is. Or probably over there Thanksgiving. Come together, shut up, behave. (laughs) (laughs) That's putting it very bluntly. You know I put things bluntly. What do you think when you first met me? Did you think I was a big loudmouth? I'm trying to remember. I first met you. I met you. No, I met you on Skype in London. Oh, you did? Years ago, you were Skyping my son, Richard, every day. And I said hello to you. I do remember that. Skyping. But I don't, can't remember the first time we met. It was in, it was in Melbourne yes. at a Chinese restaurant. See, I can't remember that. No, well, I was clearly very memorable. Well, it's because I... 
I seem to think you have always been. I've always been. (laughs) Well, see, that's nice. See, we get along very well. But I think what worked with our relationship is that you know I'm outspoken and opinionated, and you're very confident and outspoken. But we outspeak together. Yes, yes. We're honest and open together. Yes. It's hard for some people to do, though. It can be, but also, um, I think the main thing is that you make my son very happy, and that's good. Oh well, that makes me happy. He makes me very happy too, so that works well. Thanks for making him. Well, I've worked hard on him and uh, trying to make him good husband material. I I think I've succeeded. You know what you did really well? He's really good as well as being just a lovely person. You did raise him very practically. He's good at practical stuff. He can fix it. He can darn a sock if he needs to. That's because I was working full time. Yes. I didn't have time to iron shirts. I taught them how to iron. I taught, taught them how to do basic cooking, cleaning. They had to clean... I do the housework um, since the age of about five between them. And as they got older, they had more jobs to do. Because simply I was working full time and I, I was busy and tired. And you know, that's how it started. They had small, nimble hands and could do all that special work. <laughs> They're good. You did well. I've done good. You've done good, kid. All right. The first question comes from a listener called Christy. Thank you for writing in, Christy. She says, hey, Alicia, thanks so much for always taking the time to answer your loyal fans. Hey. How's that? Very nice. She's polite. I'm polite. We decided to make our wedding an adult-only event. I haven't even set out and saved the date cards, and I've already had several people call asking us to make, quote, special exceptions for their kids. Oh, can I just say Veronica is shaking her head. Um... (laughs) How do I politely decline their requests? Exact wording would be very much appreciated. <laughs> no pressure. So I've tried. This is what she said. I'm sorry, children aren't invited to the wedding or reception. Please abide by our wishes. This had varying results. Also, I'm concerned people will simply ignore us, oh my gosh, and bring children anyway. Some have hinted they might do this. We don't have it in our budget to provide babysitters and due to special space restrictions, adding kids to the list would limit the number of friends who could attend. Thank you for being awesome, Christy. Now, we I've talked about this slightly, but I think this was a good topic for you to talk about, V, because, you know, we had no kids at our wedding and that worked quite well for us. What do you think about that? First of all, hello, Christy. Um, oh, this is such a difficult topic. You've really already done your dash because you've actually said no kids. But there are ways of saying it. Just what you said in, in your email there. Um, if you're not invited to the wedding or reception, please abide by our wishes. You can't get much straighter than that. Yours was a very direct request. However, you then go on to say the reasons for that. And I don't know whether you said that in your reply to your friends. Because I think space and budget and the number of friends, are the relevant issues here. Otherwise, people might think, oh, she doesn't like our kids, or our kids are, you know, they're part of our family. Why, why shouldn't we be invited as a family? But I think the reasons you gave, perhaps you could have given it in the first instance. Do you think, see, I think people get a bit ballsy with invitations to go, well, this is the decision we've made. Why do we have to provide some sort of excuse? That, that's true. That's a point. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit rude. rude. <laughs> they do turn up with their children, and they need to be firmly rejected and probably the result will be that the adults will will leave will not stay Mm. Um, this is really tricky this is this is not a nice situation to be in I've been to weddings when there's been no no kids and I've quite I for one are quite happy about it because children sometimes ruin it for (laughs) 
be a bit feral. We've been to weddings, actually one of our weddings, friends' weddings, and I always say this and worry that everyone's going to hear and figure out it's their wedding because we haven't been to heaps of weddings. But during the ceremony, there were toddlers running around with like eh, eh, squeaky toys and just going, oh my gosh, this is the one moment you want to be actual focused. But it, there's some parents that allow their children to roam free like animals. Not just some, I'm afraid. Quite a lot. <laughs> and whenever I see that, I say in a very loud voice, my children weren't allowed to do that. <laughs> I would never let my children do anything like that, especially on planes and restaurants. There you go. You've heard it from Veronica. Okay, so look, I think, Christy, you are on the right track. And to be honest, if the people do show up with their kids, it's in terrible taste and they've gone against what you've asked directly. Like Veronica was just saying, it's one of those things that you've said, please don't do this. Please respect my wishes. And perhaps if there are people that are specifically, you're worried they're specifically going to do it, maybe you could contact them and, as V has said, say, look, we can't fit them in due to budget and space restrictions. Please, please be polite. And also add, but we really would love you to be there. Yes. Because it is your friends. Yes. That, that's the core thing for your wedding, not not their little children or... They're not going to remember it. They're two or three or four or whatever. Just let them have a night at home. Have an adult night. One way we said it was look, we wanted our friends to enjoy adult company and have a night off for kids. As lovely as they are, let their hair down. Enjoy themselves. I agree with that. Yeah. Christy, thank you so much for writing to us. I'm joined by my mother-in-law, Veronica. I call her V. It's shorter. It's cool. It's sassy. You're a sassy broad, and I think it's good to have you on the show. We are actually recording this episode in... Prague, or as the natives say, Praha. Do they? That's cool, Praha. See, I've been seeing that written all around and didn't connect. So we are actually here. Veronica's been on a cruise, and Rich and I flew from our home in London to come and see her because she lives in Australia, and that's a long, long way away, so we try and take advantage. And I thought, I'll bring my microphone. We'll do a quick episode. She didn't warn me. <laughs> because that would be cheating. V, tell me about your wedding. When was it? Who did you marry? I know the answer to this already quietly. Well, actually, I married my husband. <laughs> no, I married the father of your husband. Yes. We were married in my parents' garden. Um, it was a very small wedding because my only sibling, my brother, had died only a few weeks before. So it was quite a sombre affair in that respect. Um, we were married on the 12th day of the 12th month at 12 o'clock. And this was not by design, it just happened. <laughs> so, and the rain eased off right up until we said our vows under the tree and then we all trooped inside. And what it, obviously, it's a hard time losing your brother, but you, you didn't know that was going to happen before the wedding. Or did, I mean, how did that all correspond? Well, we hadn't planned the wedding when he died. Um, we were, in fact, thinking of a few months later, something like, you know, four months, five months down the track. Um, but when you get to our age, ripe old age of 32. Oh, so old. Gosh, you're kidding me. There's no point in waiting and having a year-long engagement and, and you know, so. What do you think? Uh, one of the questions when I go to wedding exhibitions and I always try and grab the, the, you know, the young women and then I grab the mother-in-laws or the mothers and I always ask this question about what they think about how the evolution of weddings in their lifetime and how they feel about the hullabaloo, perhaps, I'm feeding you here, uh, that they've become. Do you think it's showy? Do you think it's crazy? Or do you like it? 
I think it's a combination of all things. Um, for instance, small weddings must run in my family because my mother married my father in, in Budapest, Hungary, at a, um, what do you call it, registry office. Um, didn't do the religious thing um, and I think they had just had two witnesses. Quite honestly, money spent on a lavish, lavish wedding is money misspent. I mean, you could use that money for lots of other things. And the wedding, I know that the bride likes to have a day to remember forever. I'm not sure about the groom. I can't speak for the groom. I haven't ever been a groom. But yes, I think brides love to have that. There's one day in their lives they've got the pretty dress. Uh, sometimes they have the tiara, makes them feel like a princess. They've got all the bridesmaids. They're the centre of attention. But I think you can still do that on a economical basis like you did yeah we did we did a good job at trying to keep it low budge personally don't go for big weddings and if I go to a big wedding I just don't feel at ease I feel as though I've got to be on my best behavior and I don't really relax that's a good point because I think we've been to some weddings which have been really showy and really mm, I'm going to say like black tie sort of events but the people that go to it, and this is no disrespect, but I sometimes say that you're not the Obamas, you're just people that come from a small town. And that's really nice that they want to put on a big flashy event. But also everyone looked uncomfortable like they were wearing their dad's suits and there was that air of we're trying to be something we're not. And that's cool if that's your bag, but I also thought that people attending were a little uncomfortable with it all and maybe didn't lighten up as much as they could have if they'd just had a normal, normal wedding. I agree, I agree. Um, I've been to all sorts of weddings. I really have. I've been to big ones, um, uh, church ones, and they always make me feel uncomfortable because I'm not comfortable in churches. Sorry about that to all your religious ladies out there. Horses for courses, V. This is how we roll on the Save the Date Wedding podcast. If you're religious, you're religious. If you're not, if you're not. But also, I agree, I've been to some big church weddings and don't know what the hell's going on. Horses for courses. And some people would not feel comfortable getting married without the blessing of their particular religion. True. I think there are many choices to be made in weddings, especially when it comes to if you have certain belief systems. And also I talk a lot on the podcast about people coming together from different belief systems and how to find a balance, which is really difficult for people. It is. And I think brides planning weddings that have got a very strong religious um, thread through it need to think a little bit about the guests they're inviting. If the guests are mainly from their their group, then that's okay. But if you, you've got friends from a diverse groups uh, with different religious or non-religious or whatever, then you need to think a little bit about the comfort of your guests, I think. Um, and I don't know where the brides... I know that the brides put a lot of effort into who sits next to who. And I think that's always very funny. <laughs> Um, I've been sat next to various people and think, why have I been put on this table? What, it is, what is it about me that they thought I would fit in with this particular group of people? So, yeah, religious um, ceremonies are great for those that believe in it. But just give a little bit of thought to who else is going to be there. And, yes, you want everyone to enjoy themselves. I agree. And I think also we went, Rich and I went to a Greek Orthodox service. They're fun. Greek weddings are fun. Greek weddings are fun, but I wasn't prepared. And when I say I wasn't prepared, it's not all about me. I mean, sometimes it is. But we didn't know what to expect. And I wore some high heels, which was a mistake because you've got to stand the whole ceremony. 
And it's in Greek, is it? Well, it would be. Yeah. It would be. It <laughs> I didn't understand it. <laughs> it went for like an hour and a half. But I, and it was, well, I want to say it was fun to watch. It wasn't that fun to watch. I didn't understand any of it. But I was thinking if we just received a small card or something explaining what was going on, I would have been really grateful. Very good idea. If you are not conversant with it or, or not used to going to it, it's it's could be a bit challenging. Yeah, challenging is a good way to put it. And there are so many, you know, of different. We're bringing people together, and you can't uh, remember what they used to say at school: if you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. So if you assume everyone knows, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't get it. So maybe we just need to figure out a way to explain it beforehand. I think your idea of a little card explaining this is how the ceremony is going to go. It'll be conducted in whatever language. Wear a flat pair of shoes. We'll be standing all the time. (laughs) Or the men are separated from the women or whatever it is. I think that's brilliant. Thank you. That's why I host the number one wedding podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Got now um, a lovely email from, I'm going to say a girl, a lady. I think it's a lady called McKinley. You think it's an American name? That's a very unusual name, McKinley. Well, at least with an unusual name, you will be remembered. Correct. And we're going to remember you, McKinley. Hey, Alicia, first thanks for being my virtual bridesmaid. Oh, how nice is that? I love that. She says, I'm the first of my close friends to get married, so I don't have very many people to turn to for advice. Well, I'm delighted you're turning to me and Veronica. Our wedding is in July next year, and of course, we're doing an open, modified bar. And she's written here, beer, wine, three signature pitcher cocktails. Sounds good to me. Sounds delightful. Um, We are paying for everything on our own. Congratulations. And the catering company has been kind enough to provide bartending services while allowing us to purchase and provide all of the alcohol on our own. That's a good deal. That is excellent. Well done. Well done, McKinley. She sounds like a total... Now, Veronica, I have a thing I call my listeners bride chillers. Bride chillers. Aren't they the ones? Oh, that's bride chillers. Ah, I'm getting confused. Bride chillers are those who are on the ball. Yeah. You said it. Put that on a t I have actually got a series of t shirts. I'm going to show you them later. Great. (laughs) But one fit me. Yeah, we'll get you one. We'll get you one. Um, McKinley sounds like a bride chiller because she's got this stuff sorted. She goes on to say, We want to do an open bar, but being a younger couple with lots of heavy drinking friends, I'm nervous. Uh-oh. We have a lot of friends who have told us that they plan on making us regret that decision. <gasps> Are they really your best friends? Oh, word, sister. Is it tacky to design cute drink tickets and give each person enough to have one drink an hour? About five drinks, which should be plenty. Oh, I've got, I've got head shaking happening next to me. No, 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 no. Quite the opposite. I think that's a brilliant idea. All right, All right let me finish and then we'll go. I like that you're enthusiastic. She says... Um, she goes on to say that the bartender charges $3 for anything past that. I feel like, more than anything, it will just help curb people being completely sloshed before the end of the night. I don't want anyone throwing up on the dance floor. Oh, I love it. More than anything, though, I want to stay a bright chiller. She says it. Thanks. Oh. Well, McKinney, I think you absolutely nailed it. That way, I wouldn't have thought of that just now. I would have actually given instructions to the person behind the bar mm. but then that would be a big onus on the the bartender, bartender to yeah. say well hello you've done alicia you've done two and you've only got one more to go and kinley you've already had your three so i think those vouchers brilliant and yes and the reasons for it brilliant go for it. 
it's hard with because uh, alcohol figuring out your if you are providing alcohol I remember when we were planning the wedding we were trying to think about per head how many people would drink now we know you don't drink so you were a cheap guest cheap guest thanks <laughs> but also I know encountering that I had certain other people at the wedding that we could, I would know if they were listening they'd go oh, that's me that would have drunk your booze and their booze yes so it's always hard to find the balance. But also I feel like McKinley's not really talking about the cost of alcohol. She's talking about the behaviour. Yes. Um, let me just tell you a little side story. If please, I please. Uh, my friend and I on this cruise that we're on at the moment, well, we finished the cruise bit. We're on the land content now. We started off in Budapest, which is the capital of Hungary. There you go, learning. Where my parents were born. Correct. And we went to this restaurant, um, down the road from our hotel, a lovely Hungarian restaurant. We're having quiet, quiet night, getting you know chummy with the owner, and in comes a group of young men, and they were from England, Poms as we call them in Australia, or Brits as they quite like to call themselves. They settled into a little side room at the back. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, it was what we call a bucks party. Uh oh. I don't know what they call it in America. Yeah, a bucks or a, a bachelor. Or stag. Oh, there could have been about eight or nine young men. And they, even though they're in the back room, they were shouting and yelling and screaming. And when the violinist and his accordion were trying to play Hungarian gypsy music, oh dear. Um, they were clapping. The groom stood on the table, took off his shirt and swung it around his head. <laughs> while moving his hips. Now, they're all, I'm sure, back home. They were very nice, respectable young men. I met them outside when we left because they had to have a bit of a breather. And I had a very short talk to them. And I said, is this a Bucks party? <laughs> I said, how did you guess? How did you guess? So my point is that when young men get together, I don't know about the girls, but when young men get together, that's what they do. They drink. So your point about not wanting them to be drunk, I think, is excellent. But I would also say it is budget-wise as well. I mean, you've got to know how much it's going to cost you. And if you have an open bar, you don't know where it's going to end. I agree, V. And I think also if McKinley, if they're going to buy all the alcohol price, the event, it's one thing I think you should probably overbuy because you never know. And also a lot of... Um, Alcohol distributors in Australia, we call them bottle shops. What do we call them in the UK? Uh, we call them off-lasts. Where you buy the booze. A lot of them will allow you to return alcohol afterwards. Big wholesalers, Costco, actually allow you to return it. So if you are worried about overbuying, keep the receipt, make sure it's kept in good condition. And if you want to get a refund afterwards, do that because you don't want to have someone having to go out and find booze in the middle of the night at a venue, venue as well. My other point I would make about this is be careful with cocktails at the beginning of the night. I agree. I agree. They are potent. They are potent and they're easy to drink. And if you're having a a bit of a – maybe you're going to have photographs taken and you're doing a cocktail hour for your guests and you are in control of the bar, then perhaps ask the bartender to not mix as heavy as they normally would because if you're not providing food or if you're only having hors d'oeuvres or something light, people can get tanked quite quickly. Yes, at, at my daughter's wedding, Lara's wedding, we had exactly that. We – we had, um, while the photos were taken, we had a little cocktail 
hour or so and and little finger food was served. Yes. If you're going to have booze, you should definitely have some sort of food with it. But it wasn't the bar. The actual bar person mm-hmm. came around with a tray. Right. And that's another way of doing it because then you can control uh, what they're having. True. They can only take what's on the tray unless they say, look, have you got something else? So that's something to think about. Yeah. I think it's distribution is also a big thing. You're always going to have one or two people that go too hard. Hopefully don't vom on the dance floor because that's that awful. That is gross. <laughs> that is extremely gross. <laughs> you heard it. And the, thing is, the thing is they don't remember the next day no. what a great time they had. And now it's all slip sliding on their vom on oh, the dance stop floor. It. Stop it. So I think... Ultimately, everyone that's listening knows that one person at their wedding will probably go too hard, whether that's a boy or a girl or whatever. But it's important to remember that, you know, hopefully if that happens, one of your friends or family member will usher them away and you won't have to worry about it. Yes, good good thinking. Yeah. Have someone on booze watch. Maybe you could have someone that knows the people well and if they're getting a bit messy, they can have a quiet word. I don't know. Hmm. I think I think it's it's about distribution and also... Maybe as well you say that they're all saying that you might regret your decision of having an open bar. Hopefully they're just taking the piss and just being a bit silly. And hopefully they'll respect you and your bow and respect the evening and have a nice time without going crackers. Yeah. Open bar. I would, wouldn't call it an open bar. What would you call it? Well, because that does... I'll say mean, let's go crazy. Let's go crazy. It's open bar. We can drink as much as we like. Um, sort of open bar. Half, Semi. Half open bar. I think oh, yes, you have to think of another name, but open bar, that's what it means. I can go to the bar whenever I like, order what I want as as many times as I want. And I don't think that's what, what you want, McKinley, because that's, that's asking for trouble. Yes, McKinley, I think you... Uh, something else. Let's think of a new name. We'll workshop it. I'll come back to you on that. Veronica's thinking now. I can see she's... She's doing a bit of special thinking. All right. I think the big thing is... If you're not willing to, I don't think three bucks, my last point is charging $3 for anything past the five drinks, I don't think that's going to stop anyone from getting hammered if they want to get hammered. So unless it's a money thing, I think maybe avoid saying you've got to pay. But I also think that, you, yeah, just think about distribution, when you serve alcohol, what alcohol you're serving. And also maybe if, if like they do with, if you put cash on a bar, they might say, well, We've we've hit our limit for this time. Oh, hang on, Veronica's thought of something. I've got a thought. For my son, that is your dear husband. Correct, Richard, yes. 18th birthday. Um, oh, I've heard about this story. Oh, no, maybe not the same story. Not the same one. Because um, 18 <laughs> is the legal drinking age in Australia. Um, I put a limit on the bar. So right. I can't remember what it was. Say it was $500. It wasn't. Um, and I say to the bar, well, people can order what they want, but when it gets to $500... You can say the bar is closed. True, or they can pay for their own drinks. Or they can pay for their own drinks. I think one message, it's a great idea, V, and one thing I would say about the open bar, if you are going to do money on the bar, make sure you have someone else other than you to have the bartender talk to about money on the day. So maybe you're a a parent or someone who's got an extra couple of hundred bucks or quid in their pocket that they could, if you know, maybe it runs out too quickly or you want to put... yes. You don't want people bothering you about that on the day. Gosh, no. Not not, not the bridal couple, no. no. So think about that ahead of time. But that's a really good idea, V. If you run out, you maybe you could say, this is all we're going to spend tonight. Otherwise, head to the bar. Yes. Well, that's if you've got a, a budget limit. If you've got 
or any kind of limit. Like just open bar to me is limitless. Oh, sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like an alcoholic. Um, you've been a very good question answer, V. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, how do you, how have you found your podcast, your first podcast hosting experience? My very first one. Well, um, it's just good that I don't have to have all the makeup. You're sitting here naked right now. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, we're rugged up because it's cold. It's no, no, oh no, I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit. I'm, oh, we don't do Fahrenheit. No, we don't. But anyway, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. There you go. You get singing as well. It's all happening. You did well. I've done good. You've done good, kid. All right. Thank you for co-hosting. You've been fabulous. We'll pay, we'll pay you in lunch now. Pleasure. If you have a question for the Save the Date Wedding Podcast for me or for Veronica in future times, visit savethedatepodcast.com. I am open for all different sorts of questions, whether they're wedding related or not. I get some pretty interesting ones coming into my email inbox. I hope you're having a fabulous week. Until Thursday, another Q&A episode is coming your way. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.